Born in Brooklyn, New York, and has had a career spanning over 40 years. He started boxing in the 80s, had 50 wins, 44 of them by knockout. And in his time since retiring, has evolved into much more than just a sports legend. A star of stage and screen, having appeared in major motion pictures, and even his very own one-man stage show. He is now a cannabis entrepreneur, having launched his very own cannabis brand, Tyson Ranch. It is with great pleasure that we welcome to the podcast, the champ, Mike Tyson. Well, thank you, Brett. Thank you. You should be in politics, man. Oh. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Yeah. <clears throat> How are you today? I'm doing really good. I was glad to come here. I was glad to come here. It was really a, you know, it was really a pleasure hanging out with your dad and yourself. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to have you. Thank champ, you. I got a question. Go for it. You've been in boxing, uh, and now you've kind of dipped your finger into tennis. Your daughter, yeah. yes, uh, yes, my 11, daughter. 11, 12 11 years old. Years old. And my wife wanted her to do something. She took her to tennis, and the worst thing happened. She won her first tournament. Well, that's not the, that's not a bad. <laughs> that's not thing. a bad thing. You know, no, because now, now, no. Listen, this happened when she's three. She's eleven now. Oh, this happened. When uh, she so was you're more three. than just stuck in it. Yeah, now she's eleven. So that's probably the worst thing happened. We listen. We give up everything for this little girl. And the, and we want her to win more than she wants to. We as we're not the right parents to have when we're at a tennis match. Did so, you guys get into it? Oh man, we ain't hardly even get arguing, getting arguing. <laughs> Back and forth. Yeah, over. The, hey, just don't talk to her. Leave her alone. All right, just let her think this out. Please don't talk. Don't look. Just get off the court. She don't want to see you. She <laughs> told me she don't want you here. Cause my daughter was enough. I don't want her here. I had to tell her, you gotta go. I was family taught, Champ. Yeah. My mother taught oh, me how yeah. to play. So I, I understand those battles that you have, you know, with uh, you know, with the parents and then you be the. Uh, Somebody has to the, be on her side because that's how she get discouraged if both parents are on, on her. Yeah. Well, she's got to have somebody in her corner. Yeah, exactly. And you know what that's like. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, so when when she uh, when she took it up, did she like it right away? Did, 100%. Yeah. Really? How good is that? And um, I was very proud that she, at 11 years old, she could reach the level that she did. And um, I was just really proud of her. Good. Know? So, but don't push her, right? No, I don't believe in pushing yeah. her. Yeah, great. No. So, so Champ, I, I, I've got to ask you, I mean, uh, you know, I, I watched you in awe uh, when, when you went into the ring. And here's why. You were a no-frills guy. Mm-hmm. You went in there, you had your shorts on, you had your, your, your boots on, and you had a towel over your head, and you walked in there, and you were nothing but down to business. Mm-hmm. And, and when I saw that, and everybody else is over with their robes and, and everything, and, and, and I could see, you know, you, and, and, and just, just seeing what you were going to bring to that ring, you know, what, what was that that led you to walk into the ring from the minute that bell rang and give it your all? Well, you know, I just had a great trainer. I had a great teacher, more so than anything, more than me saying I'm this and that. My teacher had a great teacher that helped me discover who I was in a certain area of that stage of my life. And that is Custamato? Yes. yes. Great teacher. No one ever spoke to me like that before. I never understood the definition of ego. I never had an ego. And then he discovered the ego in my head, and he he formed the ego, and I I grasped that ego, and then I formed some illusion of myself from him, just giving me affirmations, and this is the person who who I've become. But did did you have to find uh, when I was when I was playing at at, at a, a top level, I had to find a reason to be angry. 
you know, something in my past, you know, to to oh, motivate me. A hundred percent to believe that I'm nothing and you're going to fail because you always failed or something and you have to prove yourself and prove those affirmations that Cus told me was true. And then once you get confidence, confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. The two go hand in hand. Right. And once you, once you just start to believe in yourself and have that confidence, and when that confidence is applied properly, it will supersede a genius. But, but did he have to drag that out of you? Or, or that's inside yeah, of you, right? You no, know, I had to be, sometimes we don't know we have it. Right. And the only way we know we have it is through pain. Hmm. We endure pain, and pain um, supersedes us to either become better or become worse. Right. So, so when when he took you in and and uh, allowed you to find that, uh, and then when you got in the ring, were obviously you weren't afraid to apply it to your trade, were you? No, I was afraid. I just wasn't intimidated. Oh, I'm always interesting, afraid. Interesting. We're, I'm afraid now. Oh. <laughs> we're all afraid. We, we, we're a fear-based world. Yeah. Right. You know, that's why we're afraid to die and don't understand dying is a form of living too. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, do you think, because I think it's interesting between you guys, both you guys used anger I think as a motivating factor, and you know, in normal life, you, your average person hears this, and anger is a, a negative. You know, you don't want to be angry. Anger is a bad thing. Anger management. Yeah, always, but sometimes you have to look at it as being controlled anger. Mm-hmm. You're angry, but you're totally focused, and you don't feel nothing but see everything. Mm-hmm. So you would channel your anger into your, just your opponent, essentially, right? Yeah. Did yeah. did you scout your opponents, uh, or or were you so prepared and had so much confidence in your own ability that you just said, "I am what I am. Bring what you have." No, um, I just, I'm a strong believer in studying my opponents. So, if me and you signed the fight six weeks ago. The day we signed the fight, I'm watching your film to the day I'm in my dressing room and I'm leaving the dressing room to fight you. <laughs> Every day to the day we signed the fight. Yeah. Every day, probably a couple of times a day, I'm watching, even up to the time I'm in the dressing room and they say, they call it, it's your turn champ or whatever. You're, that film of your fight, somebody is playing while I'm leaving to fight you. I watch them constantly. Hmm. So, so if you're saying, you stayed in training. Mostly, yeah. Most I fought, of the listen, year. I have um, 15 fights in one year. I fought constantly, I fought like three times a year. Wow. 15 fights, is that, uh, that's out of the norm for sure, isn't it? All the old fighters, Harry, Greb, Jack, they used to fight like that. All the time. And your, your, your fights weren't exactly going long, those early ones, no, so you could long. get a few in in a year. You're absolutely right. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we, we were talking, uh, many times we talk about it, but there was times when you were fighting, and uh, who was, uh, we were in London, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, London, 91. In 91. Yeah, you were and, playing. And it was, I was playing the tournament then, and, and uh, so we, we had the people, it was, it was a little late for, for me because I had to play the next day, so they taped your fight for us. Against, yeah, your second fight against Razor Ruddick. Again. Oh, man. And so, yeah, we came home from a match that night. NBC had, you know, made a tape for us. And we had the hotel bring up a VHS. And then, you know, we went home and and watched the fight. It was pretty cool. I remember watching you play. I remember, look, you were mad at the judges. Look, I'm 31 years old, man. Give me a break. (laughs) Remember that game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Champ. Uh, that was your best year. You came back. That was your comeback I was an old year. guy then. Yeah, it was yeah. your comeback year. You know, it's, it's a, sometimes age is, uh, you know, as much as I liked getting older, you know, it's, uh, it was the, the epitome for me 
to at, at, at that age, 39, to have performed like that. So, you know, that was my passion, you know, for the sport. And, and that's what I saw in you. You know, when you walked in that ring, I mean, it was almost like you were home. Uh, you know, your feelings and, and, and what you were going through. So You know, um, that's funny you say that, Mr. Cotton, because we have to look at what guys like me and you, guys that, guys that do what me and you do. We got, we're guys that we even hate to say what we really are when we really see who we are. We are guys that need people to tell us that we're somebody special. And that doesn't make us a bad guy. That don't make us a, I don't know what insecure. That's just who we are. We hmm. need somebody to say things fucking nice about us. Maybe because we don't feel nice about us, but we just need that. We need people to talk to us. We need people to acknowledge us. And to me, I be saying to myself in the past, this is faggy stuff, but that's just who we are. Um, that's who I am. And I don't even yeah. know why I'm like that. And I'm against people who are like that. And I said, that's just who the universe made me to be. So do you see a little bit of yourself in people and like that and it pisses you off a little bit? Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. You said it. No one ever said that. You're the only one that hit it. Yeah. 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 It like triggers it a little bit yes. and you don't know why it pisses you off. No, his arrogance offends my arrogance. <laughs> exactly. His idiocy, idiocy offends my idiocy. Yeah, it's like you spot it, you got yes, it. exactly. Yeah. No one ever said that. You're the only guy that ever talked in my whole career that spotted that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. That's, yeah. Well, how about that's a, that? Yeah, all right. Um, what about then when you transitioned out of boxing? And when you that was tough, right? With the anger, and you've used this one tough. like source to kind of I fuel everything. I never wanted to surrender. I never wanted to surrender. See, boxing is never about surrender. It's about dying on your sword and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't believe fighting life is really a tough fight. Mm -hmm. Dealing with life, fighting in the ring is nothing when you have to fight with life and fight with who you are and fight with your flaws and try to overcome your flaws and, and lose people who you love because of your flaws and oh, you're just a mess. Yeah, because well, because then the sport almost is a little e it's almost easy. Absolutely, you know, like it, it, I just you lose want the result. In that, yeah, you you win you or you lose. Reality. It's simple. Yeah. With real life, it's a lot more dirty. A little, you it know, it really is dirty. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Chad, <laughs> that uh, my my grandfather uh, was a boxer. And uh, he fought Joe Lewis in, really? back in the days. What was his name? Uh, Thompson. Really? Uh, yeah, Al Thompson, and uh, back way back. And, and he trained me as a boxer. Uh, and he, he always told me that, that tennis was boxing at 90 feet because you had to learn how to take the blows and come back from them and, and duck and dodge and, and figure out a way to win because it's just you and your guy who you're in the ring against. And, and for me, that, that was his training with me and, and the way he talked to me like you had. You know, you can't buy that. You know, you have to find somebody special, you know, that, uh, that, that gives you that. Now, what you just... Um Said, but uh, you have to find somebody special. You're not, I never, I never saw anybody like my mentor, Customado again. A guy that didn't believe in money, didn't care about money. He thought money was meant for throwing, throwing off behind the back of trains. He just thought about being the best person you could be. He always thought about excellence, right? And, and going and out every time, and all that stuff, and giving it everything you've yes. got every time. No, actually dying for it. You know, yeah. Guys like him, he believes things are worth dying for. That, that's a that's a heavy cross to bear, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to 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 know that you have somebody that that loves you that much, you know that, you know, I always felt that that I couldn't screw up, because people had invested so much in me, you know, not money, 
you know, but love and, and, uh, and attention and, you know, to, to try to make me, you know, what I tried to become. And, and it seems like, you know, that's what, uh, what Customato did for you. Yeah, but um, it was a lot of baggage because there was people that wanted to, um, I don't know, that wanted to humiliate him so make him feel like a joke. And so I took on his battles. That. That sounds familiar. Yeah, that does sound familiar. <laughs> it, it does. You know, so if anybody said, and I got into it, if anybody said anything disrespectful, it was a street fight right there. I was punching them in their face. Well, you're, that's, that's loyalty, right? You know, and, and yeah. you know, you, a, a, lot, a lot of people uh, feel that when, when they have somebody, you know, that there's always uh, a, a different reason why they're with them. You know, there's not many that just, give their heart and soul, you know, to, to their talent. Oh, no, I would kill somebody for him. Right. Yeah. That's a heavy statement, though, champ. Yeah. You know. That's nothing. That's nothing. Well, right? Yeah. But that, that, but to, to have you say that, you, I've never heard that from anybody else. You know, and, and, and that's why, you know, I always, you know, when, when you came on, I was on, you know, because I wanted to see that. You know, and, and what you had to, to, to give, you know, and, and the way you performed in the ring, that was your payment back. You know, whether you needed to pay back or not, but, you know, that was, you know, what you thought, you know, was your payment back. And that, you know, that, that's heartfelt, you know, from, you know, from a lot of guys. Thank you. No, me, me for one, because, uh, I mean, I, I have, I can identify and, and, uh, and feel, you no, know. No, never treated me like that before. Yeah. Isn't that something, you know? Showing you that kind of love? Yeah. Yeah. Because he adopted you, right? I mean, he was essentially your, your dad. Yeah. You, you said it was tough when you got out of boxing. What was so tough about it? Um, I don't know. I had to, um, you know, you come to the time of your life when you realize, well, I don't know, it's a paradigm shift, epiphany, when you realize everything you learned in life was wrong. <laughs> you got to start over. You say, fuck, how do I do that? I, I uh, when, when I when I stopped, uh, I was lost, uh, you know, because my calendar went, uh, you know, not day by day or week by week. It went by event. Yeah, so, but listen to what else, Mr. Khan. Everybody was gone. Interesting. Right? Everybody was gone, right? Everybody was with you every day of your life since you started doing this. Right. Was gone. The good, the bad, the ugly. Everybody was gone. Yeah. You didn't even have anybody to fight. Hmm. Yes. What well, the fuck happened? Yeah, where they all go? Alone, right. Know? Yeah. Well, do you do you do you miss that? I mean, do you miss the battles? And then and then my my one question that uh, I've got to ask you, and I hope you don't mind, is do you miss the old you? That that whatever was inside of you, because you know you you had a release with the boxing. You know, and now that release, you have to figure out something else. But yeah, but the old man, um, I had for that stage of my life, he was good, but he was no longer good. Once I stopped boxing, this guy was no longer any good for me. You know, because um, the rules that applied in boxing was just the opposite in life. Hmm. In life, you have to surrender. In boxing, you die before you surrender. Right. Imagine how am I going to survive with those rules out here? Yes, everybody no, thought yeah. probably that you had to grow up and you were mature now and, you no, know, never, all those crazy words. I was never mature because I never had a chance to live. I was just existing. 
after I finished fighting, then I began, a few years after I finished boxing, I began to learn how to live. Hmm. Talk about that. Well, like in what way? I had to learn how to talk to people different. I had to look at people different for what they really were. And what I believed they, they were really, their necessity really was. Mm-hmm. Was, was it easy for you to, to find friends after that? Well, no, at first I had to become a friend to myself. Everybody wanted to be my friend. I was just an enemy to myself. So I had to, I had to do some soul searching. Hmm. What'd you come up with? That um, a lot of the things I thought, I thought about myself was lies. Hmm. You know, lies to survive in the world that I was in. But I'm not living in that world anymore. Now I have to be truthful to myself. And sometimes I forgot the truth. That's that. That's kind of so. So a, a feeling. I mean, you're, I've never heard anybody talk from the heart like that. You know, it, uh, you know everybody would, uh, you know, kind of slough that off. You know, I mean, I. You know, a lot of people never find themselves. You know, I, I know I'm still searching. Yeah, uh, when you think that I'm, I'm you see, cause I remember watching you. I was like 15, 16, so I'm watching the '82. You played '80 and '82 with McEnroe and them, right? Right. '79, mm-hmm. but I remember watching that. And so, what, 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 um, what conclusion are you coming to when, the, when you look at your son? How old is you? Are forty. You, and your son is forty. And you say, "Well, there's a possibility that." Um, I won't exist no more. What would that be like? It's not existing. You can't even imagine it. Even though sometimes we sleep and we have those sleeps when you, you don't know, when you wake up, you don't know if you were dead or not. If you didn't wake up, you wouldn't know you were dead. But still you say, what is death? How could death be something that we fear? Mm-hmm. We don't even know what it is. We don't even have the idea, the conception of what it is. We make it up in our mind. It's like another fear, like yeah, you were talking we about. Yeah, make up. And that's what the world is based on, fear. Mm-hmm. And that's like the greatest fear of all, the fear of death. That's what we're all running from. I'm not thinking that it's really the life. Mm-hmm. Do you think this, what you have, could really be over? What you possess, this energy you possess, the energy that's making you stay like this, no way, you think that can die? Yeah. No. Yeah. Energy keeps going on. You have to know it's better, it's bigger than your body, right? You have to know that feeling that you have, that you know that you're answering me right mm-hmm. now before you move your head. You have to know that's bigger than your, than your corpse. Cause this is just a corpse. Yeah. Meat, yeah, that our soul carries, yeah, in our way, yeah. I think that's interesting though, because it's almost like you're talking like when you retired, you were trying to fit a you know, a square peg in a round hole just because of everything you were taught. The life, the world was so different, and don't then, take shit from nobody. Then the life is about taking shit, yeah. I don't yeah. care who big, how much money, how powerful is about taking shit. You think you're the baddest, most powerful man with all the money in the world, and then the person you love the most when you're children is a junkie. And now you gotta take shit. Yeah, because there's so much out of your yeah, own we control. We all gotta take shit. I don't care who you are. That's what that's that's what we all. That's the only thing that bothers us that we all gotta take shit. Don't, no matter how powerful and how big our ego get, we gotta take shit. We gotta bow down and worship. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what are you what are you saying then, champ? That it depends how you you accept that. That, that allows you to go on? No, it's not about how, what I accept. It's about how I live my life and how I conduct myself. It's not about what something does. It's all about what I do. I can't control nothing but myself. Right. Just like that's all we can control, how we react to whatever um, is thrust upon us. Feels like you're you're very honest with yourself, and you've kind of, you're open, and that's kind of a key to. Well, listen, I'm trying to be honest with myself. 
You know, because I've known in, in my life, I, I know I've never said what I actually believe, and I really have never believed what I actually said. But sometimes when I did say the truth, I, I hid it under so many lies, it was almost impossible to find. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's who they truly are. Like, I'm not who I truly am right now. You're not. It's just not that way because we all have things that we do at night that we don't want no one to know what we do when no one's watching us. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes us different. And that's why people snoop into our business because they want to know what we do when no one's watching us. Mm-hmm. They don't care, but they just want to know. You know, we, we want to know. We don't care. We're not even going to tell nobody if we know. But we say, well, I want to know what they're doing. And what he did, that that's just a human nature. Animal nature is that way. Yeah. I think humans articulate it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because you guys, you talk about, you know, being ferocious, being animalistic. His mom taught him to be, you know, tiger juices. I mean, this animal, it's funny, this being an animal in one way of life is so you know, positive and, you know, makes you number one. It makes him number one in the world, makes you the youngest heavyweight champion in the world. But then... And why? Because that's the only time we don't have to think because we're instinctive when we're in our animal zone, right? Right. When you was in that zone, then when you, oh, you was instinctive, you wasn't even thinking. You knew where the ball was going to be before it was there. You anticipated. It was totally different. And I don't know how we get it. We get it when we're in our most relaxed form, but we don't get it every day we perform. Every time we perform, we don't get it, but sometimes we get it. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of times during our life and our performance, and then people never forget it. Play, play, and during the time I was on the court and playing champ, that was my safe haven. You know, my mind was clear. You know, I never, if I, if I had an argument with my wife or, you know, something happened with Brett or my daughter, you know, all that was almost pushed aside. You know, for, you know, for, for that was my peace out there. Yeah, and, you know, but once, once that was over, then, you know, I kind of, that was over and then back to, you know, to, to my life, my real life. You know, it was almost like, uh, well, it's not almost, I mean, we did, we played a part, you know, for whatever amount of time we were in it, we were playing a different part than what we really were. Is that, is that the way you see it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, no two people in the world box the same, no two people in the world play tennis the same. It's just, it's something that people do different. They don't, whatever, whatever um, talent people have, don't matter if, they, if they're taught by the same people. And if five people are taught by the same lawyer, these are lawyers in a class, and they're taught by the same teacher in the court of law, they're going to all perform the law differently right. because of personalities. Mm-hmm. Personality changes us. If, if you had it to do all over again, would you? Would you? Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. Um, just from an ego perspective. You know, I understand right now that was just a moment in time. It had no meaning or significance. And that was just only for my own self-grandizement, you know, to show that this is what I can do if I focus and if I took those same characteristics and brought it to life, I would be just successful in life if I wasn't boxing. But, that's but what that teaches you. But that's don't why you you're to- successful in business because you were successful in tennis and you used the same under the same pressure and then, you know sometimes the, this stuff is not as much pressure if you playing in the finals right exactly this right. business deal you know yeah listen I'm, I'm, I'm sweating over here because yeah. I, I see your left over there sometimes gets cocked I don't want to get no caught by <laughs> watch out uh, I'm, I'm not gonna I don't want to run into that so so uh, when, when your when your daughter took to tennis 
and and, and your your feelings towards that and 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 her happiness and and I you know when you said that you know you do anything for her uh, and and that that feeling of does she understand that and and, and no she kind of but she doesn't but she has to understand I want. I understand. I can't have her. She can't be like me because you know when I was fighting, I was a kid on welfare. We didn't have nothing. This girl has a big. She lives in big houses. She has a couple of houses and properties. If she loses a game, she's gonna go swimming in her big pool or play tennis on her court and stuff. If I lost, I was gonna go to my one bedroom apartment and cry. Living in there with us and stuff. You know, it's just different. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah, but but could yeah, it is. But can you instill that that. Uh, uh, in her, that killer instinct that you had? She is very aggressive and hit the ball very hard. And But she has to learn more than anything. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how good you are. Without discipline, you're nothing. And she has to learn discipline. When I discussed her about discipline, and I was trying to ask her her definition, and I was like, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. And I was explaining that to her. I said, once you get disciplined, you could beat anybody because once you have discipline, you beat yourself. And that's what this sport's all about. It's about conquering ourselves and our fears and believing who we truly are. And the mind. Absolutely. That's what the mind tells yeah. us. Because it seems like in sports, when you guys, there was no almost time for the mind to get in the way. No. But once you get away from the sport, you have all that space that you know, tennis and boxing used to take up. Then all of a sudden, the mind starts spinning and talking and demons. And the mind, no, the mind tells you, I need that feeling. I miss it. I need that feeling. I can't get it back. My bones are not the same. But yeah, you can't get it back. Because uh, you can get it back if you fuck that girl. Yeah, after you fuck her, then fuck that girl. Now then fuck her. And then fuck her. Keep fucking. You're going to get the pill. You're going to come back. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Next thing you know, you're in rehab. <laughs> or you got a really sick disease. You can't heal it. Mm-hmm. And that's what that that's what that ego says. It wants that feeling back of fucking victoriousness of winning and people applauding and you try to get it other ways. Yeah, there's no replacing that though. Oh, is listen, it? now listen, there's no drug in the world that can replace it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That feeling. Yeah. We can never get it again. No drug in the there's not a why wow, all them drugs that God made, the world made, human made, can't give you that feeling back. There's no way to replicate it with yeah. like artificial substances. There's no way. Why? Because it's why a natural that? feeling. Yeah, but that's earned. Yeah. yeah. You can't cheat that. You can't no. cheat to get that feeling. No. All the no. money in the world can't give you that feeling. You know, even if you're broken with a bum and somebody gave you all the money in the world and stuff, and it just don't give you that fucking feeling. You what know? do you miss about it the most? That feeling. Yeah, that. just that, that. Not the fighting, not the girls, not the money, that fucking feeling. Just knowing you were the man. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody else knew it too. That feeling, that yeah. feeling, you can't, it's no money, it's not enough money to pay for that feeling. The, hmm. be, the best part of it was, you know, it, it was walking out there knowing that everybody wanted to beat me more than win the tournament. You know, and, and that's, that's the feeling I got, you know, to you. Yeah, yeah. but listen, if, if somebody beat me, they make holidays out of it. You know, Buster Douglas beat me, so they make annual holidays right. out of it. So that's how it was. We had that um, David effect in Goliath. We were always Goliath. If somebody beat us, they're, they're immortal. Right. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be talked about to the end of time. He had that one night, and that one night was with that man, GMA yeah. Connor. You, know, you were a career, ma you're a career maker. You know? Oh, absolutely. Both of you guys. Yeah. Career makers, that's right. Absolutely. Right. I never looked at it like that's what it was. I couldn't 
articulate like that, yeah. Well, because in the first line of Buster Douglas's bio, probably says, you know, knocked out Mike Tyson. Yeah. You know, it's like you, it's the first thing they say about, about him. This, man. That's the Goliath effect. You know how many things, accomplishments David did, if you ever read the Bible? You know how many mm-hmm. fucking accomplishments? This guy built a country, created a world. But what is he known? But no one knew that. But what is he known for? Killing Goliath. Killing Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he fucking knows. It's the first line in his bio, too. Yeah. <laughs> Killing Goliath. All that he, he made a nation. He made Israel. Israel is a great country. And all he's known for is killing Goliath. Hmm. Goliath was a big man in his day. He must have been it's a god figure. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So I want to change directions a little yes. bit. And, and, uh, and, First of all, thank you for your honesty. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's very seldom that you sit down with somebody uh, of of your stature. You know, that that opens their heart. Why do we lie? I wonder to myself sometimes. I say, why do I lie? Because we're going to die soon. It doesn't matter what anybody says or think about us anyway. Why do well, we lie? Why do we care what people think about us? Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, but why do we care? But on on the outside, that's everybody's perception. Of, of, you know, well, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that because, you know, if not, you know, they may think differently about you. You, you know, so, you know, you, but you've got it right. You're, you're talking from the inside out as opposed from the outside in and, and worrying about what everybody else thinks. Yeah, because that'll kill you more than it, poison. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, so many people just don't get that. And, and and I'm so glad you said that, uh, you know, because it does, it, you know, it, it, it gives you nothing but negative thoughts and feelings. And, and, you know, to to worry about that, that's why, you know, I say I miss the old me, you know, sometimes because that old me uh, uh, it, it, in quotes, that old me that used to go out there and play with that attitude and, and, and that passion and everything, you know, was was. I, I think the real me. Yeah. And, and and even though, you know, I don't do that anymore because but I couldn't live my life with that way now. You know, no no doubt about it. Yeah. The, the old me could never be loyal to my wife or any of my girlfriends. They always cover their diseases for me. So the old me was disastrous. He was very successful, but he was very um self destructive, that's the word. Hmm. Self destructive. So I, I got to ask you, uh, training pigeons. Yeah. Do you still? Yeah. And, and, and why? Listen, I'm not, it's funny, I'm not gonna, I can't tell you why. That's the thing about it. You can't tell, I can't tell somebody why. The guy that flies pigeons, the old man that's 90 years old today that had pigeons all his life since he was 12, right? He can't tell you why. We can't tell you why. Yeah. It just becomes a part of us, and it doesn't stop until we're dead. I don't understand it to this day. I've been doing this since I was 10. I don't understand why the fuck do I do it. It's probably therapeutic. When you look at their house, their house costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. My my birds live, they live like they're they're the guys out there fighting, (laughs) making the money. They live better than most people. (laughs) Oh, you should see my pigeon's house. Yeah. It's like this. Oh, sad, right? It's this big. It looks like this. It's got, um, right? It's got bumps. Stories. Yeah, wooden things to block. They have eggs and stuff. Do you think that's 
been a good thing for you in, since you got away from boxing because you have all that space and you can oh, fill it up? Absolutely, absolutely. When I, start, I remember once like in the early 90s when I started getting the big head and started, I was a little because I, I lost my title and then I started winning more fights and making a lot of money. So before I went to prison, I had such the big head and I stopped getting involved in my pigeons and stuff and they and they started getting overweighted and, and they overbred and stuff and I got in trouble. Next thing you know, I'm in fucking prison. You know, mm-hmm. and so I learned um, there's nothing out there, and I stayed with my birds, and I've, I've just always been cool when I stick with my pigeons. Mm-hmm. They've always been my lifeguard for my whole life. They've been my good luck charms. I think it's interesting because when he retired, he got, he, he would run with his dogs. He had five, four or five dogs, take him to the beach, go on hikes, and, you know, and almost use them as therapy, you know, and talk to them, you know, and I'll have I, these conversations. I, I know people think I'm weird. I always think animals are some. Cl- God conscious. There's some form of God consciousness. Yeah, yeah they never talk back. Yeah. It's like a connection yeah, to like nature no, no, itself. Even, even even the ones that we think that are violent, like the wolves and the snakes and stuff. I used to think because if you take their venom, if they if they apply their venom on you, because their nervousness and frightenness, they kill you because they, they apply too much. But if uh, if a human being apply it, um, it's a possibility you could have a, a an eternal feeling with God. You know, because mm-hmm. me and some friends of mine, we had, we had dabbled in some, um, I don't know, what do you call it? It's, it's plant medicine, but it's also animal medicine from toads and lizards and mm-hmm. stuff. And the experience is um, inconceivable. Some trippy stuff? Hey, um, <laughs> trippy is an understatement. Yeah. 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 It's so, never the same. Wow. So, Chip, do you, do you read a lot or do you go on the internet? Well, what, what's I your... read a lot, but if I can go on the internet, because I'm horrible on spelling, so I can't get most of the stuff. So if I want my wife or somebody to spell for me, and I get on the internet and discover stuff. Would you? So when you were talking just a minute ago about the... Did, did you ever dabble in psychedelics? Absolutely. Yeah. The best in the world. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, I think because a lot of people, that's a big topic now. I did all psychedelics. When I was young, I did ass and so psychedelics, but I didn't like that. That mm-hmm. was just too much for me. And then I tried um, mushrooms. And then not long, say two years ago, I, I tried this... Um, 5-MDO I can't pronounce it I don't really know but um, it's the toad venom oh. and I smoked it and uh, once I smoked it my soul went here my body went here and then I experienced um, how do I articulate this I experienced a form of ego death of dying and experiencing um, engagements with God or uh, some universal figure that I can't physically see. Hmm. I can feel everything, everything that he feels and thinks and it's, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm articulating this well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's changed you? I mean, it's Absolutely. To, for I'm the better. 70 pounds heavier by the time when I first did it and now I'm 70 pounds lighter. Hmm. You know, it just changed my whole life, changed how I look at people, changed how I talk to people, changed the way I look at myself. That's really interesting. I never knew that that was out there. All this time I thought I was the man. I've been to all the finest women. I've been to all the best places in the world. I've been everything I've done, everything. If I died, I've done it all. And then I took the toll. I have nobody and I saw nothing. And that's why living is so great because the things I'm going to see, I would have never saw if I would have died, if I would have died. Because before I used to always want to die because I thought life was sucky, sucky, sucky because it wasn't going my way. Yeah. 
I had too much expectations for myself. And that's the number one cause of unhappiness, expectations. Hmm. Number one. Yeah. That's why the poorest people in the world are the happiest people in the world. You see them, they can't, some of these African countries, I went, and some of these kids can't even cry. They're so poor, they don't have no liquid in their body. They have no water. They can't even cry. Their, their tears are crystal. There's no wow. water. There's no liquid. But they're always happy. You know why? Because they don't expect shit. Hmm. Even a guy like me that's conscious, right? Mm-hmm. I expect my wife to know where my phone's at. I'm a grown fucking man. I should know where my fucking phone's at. <laughs> I expect my wife to know where's my phone, baby. You know, it's nothing big. It's, she loves doing it, but who the hell am I? How, how, what kind of boss am I? What kind of um, head of the house am I? I don't even know where my phone is. If she doesn't know where that is, it's her fault. <laughs> you know, so that's why everything, sometimes detachment is really good. Because you know? mm-hmm. it's so easy to get involved with our children's lives our wives' life, personal lives, and, and keep our life isolated. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you're right. And expectations are, are a killer. Absolutely. You know, you put it, and then everyone wants to shoot for more and more. You know, our society pushes more. You know, you Listen, need this new we thing. Get it. We keep getting it. Yeah. And one time we don't get it. it <laughs> 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 we got everything we wanted, but that one time we didn't get it. Yeah. And that's the one That's the one that would have made me really happy, though, Mike. That would have been the one. Oh, but you'd be surprised how sad you would have. You'd be surprised. It was happy you killed yourself before you got that before one. Before I got it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the doozy. Trust me. <laughs> We all want to turn back the clock. For some, it's for vanity. Others, just to relive the glory days. For me, I'd love to wake up every morning with zero brain fog, a clear mind, and be as energized as I was when I was younger. I know I struggle focusing early in the morning when I get to work, but thanks to first person, I can take a more active role in my brain's overall health. After witnessing the deteriorating effects of Alzheimer's on their father and grandfather's cognitive health, brothers Chris and Joe were determined to take their brain health into their own hands. So they created first person an innovative, precision-targeted cognitive supplement system, which uses the brain-boosting medical benefits of mushrooms to activate the full potential of human cognition and brain health. First person, made with functional mushrooms, aimed to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. I've always had trouble getting to sleep, ever since I was a young kid. The Moonline supplement helps me crash out when I need to get some rest. I wake up clear-minded and totally rested. Start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. Get 15% off your first order by going to firstperson.com and use code CONNORS. That's G-E-T-F-I-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N.com. Code CONNORS for 15% off your first order. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, all I got to say is... I spent some time at Caesar's Palace back in the. In, in I used the, to see you at the Larry Holmes fights and Sugar Ray Leonard yeah, fights. Yeah, used stuff. to come I used all to the see time. You and Mac was the youth there with Larry Holmes. You'd be standing together, all the guys, all that stuff. It was it was such great days back then, and and at Caesar's, uh, uh, and the reason I, I bring up this name, his name is Jimmy Grippo. and and when I played the tournament, uh, it's called the Allen King Classic. Is he from Australia, Griffo? No, uh, uh, he was he was uh, an in-house magician, mm-hmm. and and uh, I know that uh, that Customato used to hypnotize you. Yeah, and and he would hypnotize me during that tournament. T- talk a little bit about that, and and, and 
how do you think it affected you? That's and very interesting now that you say you've been interested. I think, um, and then I'm being very honest. Wow, right? We're being honest? We are. I think, um, Not include my ego's not involved. I'm not using my ego. This may sound egotistical, but I'm not ego. ego no ego is involved. This is just from a fact what I've seen. That I think um, hypnotists are some of the greatest individuals in the world when they're true hypnotists and they're special people, and there's only special people that can connect with them. So that's why a lot of people think that they're phony because only special people can connect with them. And um, that's why I think I'm, I'm the success that I was because of being hypnotized. Because I think I'm too, I'm too nervous. I think I'm too frantic, and I think I, I'm, I panic too much to be able to handle the pressure I handled without being hypnotized. Did did uh, did he hypnotize you bef before you went in the ring? Oh, right before. Right yeah. before. Yeah, go a whole hour session. I may have 20 minutes left before you know I get ready to go out. 30 minutes. Yeah, that's that's time. Okay. <laughs> And 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 so, uh, your your walk to the ring, your thoughts when you were going to the ring, uh, uh, knowing that you're, you're you're five minutes from your fight. Hey, it was an awesome experience. It was still nerves and stuff going, but once I got the closer I got to the ring, the more confidence I got. Once I got in the ring, I knew I was like a you know I was like, man, I was like some full intergalactic juggernaut. I just knew I couldn't lose. It's it's interesting you say that because uh, I was always taught that when when I walked onto the tennis court, I, I was don't don't get me wrong I was nervous and I was anxious and I was anticipating and but but I didn't have time to be nervous, you know I was I was too big I had to think about you know in the warm up what I wanted to do how you know my get my feet moving and you know get my mind right get my body in in sync and everything so uh, but but I had a lot of friends who before the match even started, an hour before the match, you know, they'd be up in the locker room jumping up and down and, you know, they, they'd be breaking a sweat. They, they played a set already before the match even started. So, uh, you know, it's interesting when you talk about uh, being hypnotized it is because, you know, the, the feeling of when, when the, the walk was the, the greatest feeling for me to the court. No, absolutely. You know, the, 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 the reality sets in. Right, and the fans. Yeah. Well, in the old U.S. Open, they used to walk through the crowd to the court. So they would, like, line yes. up all the fans in, in the big matches that would play on the stadium. It, it was like a boxing match. How did you feel watching him? Watching him play? Yeah. When I was young, I was... Did it you was, get angry a lot? Cause you saw he appeared to be angry at the field on the quarter. Like, did you get mad? You think the people were picking on him? Well, I think I mimicked the anger yeah. as a kid and thought it was a positive because for him, it was. You know, I'd see it on the court, and then it didn't do me good in school. Do people yeah. talk about him in school? Oh, yeah. He's always confrontational. Yeah. Hey, you should listen to the referee. The referee was right. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> not, not that. They like that. They like the, the, the fighting with the refs is always funny, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because tennis and boxing, I think, are a little more similar than people think. You know, it's a ten, tennis is a you know country club sport. Obviously, it's not no, as tough. No, but why? Because it's our egos. It's us against something. We're against something. We have an enemy. We and it's you yeah. against the world. Right. Yeah. That yeah. that element is different. In, in yeah. team sports, it doesn't exist. I mean, in, the, in the same way, you can't push yourself as much in a team sport as you can in this individual. So Man, this you can take a break. This stuff almost kills you. Yes. <laughs> this individual yeah. stuff almost kills you. Yeah, yeah but it's. I want you to do what all other sports don't do. Think on your own. Mm -hmm. Under pressure. 
Yeah, no one to tag out. And so that's why most tennis people in boxers are both crazy. You know, these other guys are not crazy. They're yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I saw, when I was in Romania, no one made me think about you. Nastasi. 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 So yes. I met him over there. I saw him over there. Did you? Yeah. yeah. That, that's, uh, that's, that's Brett's godfather. Oh, he's yeah. crazy. He's he a is. character. I love him. Man. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Nasty. You, you know, nasty. And, and, and bringing bringing him up, you know, the, the characters that, that uh, and the personalities, you know, that's, that's what, you know, to me uh, would draw me. You know whether it's tennis or boxing or, or whatever. I want to see guys who who want to bring the crowd and into the ring with them. You know and, and fight. Yeah, just, he was a character. Like no, that. but but that's you know that's why you know people were drawn to you or or, or Muhammad Ali or you know all, you know Sugar Ray Leonard. You know that because they brought you down in the ring, and and to me that's 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 what sports is all about. Like when people get mad on the court with tennis, you know why people do? Because people think that guys like y'all got it made, y'all don't get mad. And they say they get mad just like we get mad. That's awesome. Yeah, fuck them, Jimmy. All right. 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 <laughs> but, that, but that's what brought tennis out of the country club. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what it needed. But, Listen, but boxing did, always had yeah, that. McEnroe did something for tennis, man. Being the brat and stuff, that helped tennis that lot. When McEnroe was the brat all the time, all that. People thought that him being that character, that, that brought attention to tennis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's all people talked about. Even ones that didn't like him, but they still they still talked about it. Right. They still paid to come and see him. Oh, yeah. They always talk, even in restaurants. I'd be in restaurants in like Columbus and 69th Street, and McEnroe be there. You could hear everybody talking about him, talking crap about him. Yeah. Either love him or hate him, but yeah. he brings something they're talking to the sport. About him, yeah, they're though. talking. So, so uh, is is that missing in boxing today? Excuse me. Is that missing that that kind of uh, uh, love hate relationship with the uh, you know with the stars, the superstars? Well, Character. There's no. There's not. That many characters. No, it's, no, Tyson Fury's a character for sure. Yes, know? but uh, there's not many guys like him. Most guys want to have the good cut, clean cut look, and the people can't be fooled. You can't fool all the people all the time. They know this is not a guy happy 24 hours a day of his life, and you're not showing who you truly are. You're hiding behind your commercial endorsements and all this stuff, and people don't want that because people can never be that. They can't relate to that. No. Yeah. That's what, see, everybody wants these guys, we're going to pay this guy to be the role model for all these young youths. And that's just not what people do. People don't, people are not perfect. People make mistakes. So these guys are, um, appear to be guys that never make mistakes and these are perfect guys and we have to act like them. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they killed themselves because they couldn't keep this fake image up. Yeah, they're working harder on the image yeah, than they are on anything exactly. else. Well, does they that, want our kids to be that fake. That's what our that's what our leaders want us to be fake images at all times. Mm-hmm. Always smile when you're not happy. <laughs> so does that make you gravitate to the? Do you like UFC? Do you follow that at Man, all? I love UFC because that seems more like your your style. Like those it's guys. Just, it's good stuff. It's good fight. You never see a bad fight in the UFC. Yeah. If you saw a bad fight in the UFC, you're never gonna see those guys again. Yeah, they that's put on a show. This year. You know it's gonna be entertained. Do you like a guy like Conor, Conor McGregor? You, everybody likes guys like yeah. Conor McGregor. He's great. Now we're, we're trying to like the new guy Conor McGregor is. You know, the guy that has compassion, the guy that has love and consideration. Now we got to get to know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. You know? As yep. he travels through life and matures. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this guy has a lot of blessings and a lot of gifts from the universe. And, and he can be made of an example in a good way or a bad way, the way mm-hmm. he conducts himself. The universe can keep blessing them, or they can take it all away. Hmm. 
But, sure. but do people, uh, when, when they see uh, a Conor McGregor, say, and the way he was first and, and his attitude and what he did, and now all of a sudden it's the, you know, the change is coming. Uh, don't, people, a lot of people don't like change. You know, so they're going to want him to go back or, or any, any athlete or, or, or professional to go back to their old ways. So well, life is change. Mm-hmm. In order to survive life, you have to change. And if you don't change, you don't prosper with life. You know, you don't, you don't, you just don't move ahead. Yeah, you don't move you forward. stay where you're at. Yeah. I don't know. I could sit here and talk to the champ all yeah. day. Well, I got, a, I got a question. I think it's interesting because you both played individual sports. Yeah. And you were talking a lot about ego. You kind of need to have a huge ego to play and be an individual sports star. You know, like, t- talk about that. Like, having to have something to become what you want and then almost having to, like, kill it. Well, listen, um, my ego's telling me right now, oh, I, did, I brought you all the way up here. I got you back. You got back. I got you back with fucking grub. You know, so now you're around these white guys talking about the ego ain't shit. That's what my ego's telling me right now. <laughs> you're an ungrateful nigga. That's what it tells me right now. You just want people to think you're special and you got the ego in check and all I did for you. That's what the ego tells me. All I fucking did for you. You're telling these white motherfuckers I ain't shit and put the ego in check. That's what it tells me. I'm sorry, but that's what it tells me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my ego tells me. Yeah. Still goes to that. Oh, I, oh! You think I beat it? Oh, you thought that it was over? <laughs> you thought that I'm here? Hey, I, my ego's defeated. It's over. No, I, yeah, I got serious bouts with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah but I told you what he told me just now. He told me that. Yeah, right now. Talking yeah. to these guys. He thinks I'm such a sellout. <laughs> Uncle Tom, this guy. No, no you know, that's kidding. what he's telling that's me. That's what he's telling you. That's what this guy tells me. <laughs> Listen, you, 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 you have to to know. You know what what uh, what your legacy is. You have to. You know. Oh, I do. I do. I don't let this guy tell me any different either. He controlled me for so long. He can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Is that a constant battle? Oh, absolutely. I don't even know why he doesn't like me. <laughs> you know, I don't, he doesn't even tell me why he doesn't like me. Oh, it, it doesn't even tell me why he doesn't like me. Yeah. Why is he doing this? And why does he why does he pick on me? Why does he bars at me? Well, I know that um, you've had bouts of addiction in the past. Absolutely. And do you think that voice mixes, I mean, the ego and that addict voice kind of intertwine, you know, to try and talk you into wanting to use again or... Well, listen, right. He's mad that I found out what the toad was. All right, so I'm too smart to get high now. But maybe I can catch a venereal disease or something and give it to my wife. I'm not that smart yet. <laughs> so that's how it battles with me, too. You know, that's what it says to me. Yeah. He's a rough customer. Yeah. Oh, he's the fucking... He beats the shit out of you. He, oh, man, he's... I don't even know what to say about him. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, well, what about you I, and I, the ego? I, well, I mean, does, you know, the, Mike said it. I mean, it never leaves. You know, I mean, I, I still think that if I had two good hips that I could still go out and play at a high level. You know, I, I know it's impossible because, you know, eventually age is your number, you know, and you can't fight that. But, you know, the, the, the feeling of, of going out and, and knowing that you are at, at the very top of what you do and, and, and to, to live that on a daily basis, 
you know, uh, Mike said that he fought, you know, one year he fought 15 fights, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have to go to that high and then drop down, to get back high again and, and to, to, to be able to come back and ride that roller coaster, you know, but, but that is the ultimate compliment, you know, to know that they would rather beat you than, than win the tournament. Uh, oh, they'd, absolutely. They'd rather knock you out and, and never fight again. Because yeah. listen, when he won the tournament, they're never going to know who the other guy he beat for the tournament. Then they mm-hmm. beat you in the first round. Oh, he beat Jimmy Connor. He must be good, even though we don't know his fucking name. Yeah. Right? That's just what people say. He beat Connor. Yo, yo, this guy said he beat Connor. Yeah, I saw the game. He did beat Connor. Yeah. And yeah. that's just how it goes. But, yeah. that, but that's such a, a compliment. You know, and, and, and then because of that, that just feeds your ego. It does. You know, to, to the does. point where... It gets it, a big appetite. Oh, yeah. You have to keep feeding. Yeah. Do you, th- do you still think that, Mike? Do you watch Fury fight and go, I can knock this guy out? Oh, no. I'm always so proud of him. This is how my ego works, too. No, I want him to be everybody because he was named after me. Okay. That, yeah. That's awesome. So that's how my ego works, too. So if anybody's disrespectful to him, I don't like them. <laughs> And it's stupid. He's right. a fucking fighter. He's making money. This is what totally he different dude. That's why I don't like him because you don't like him because he got my name. Have you he met him before? Him. Yeah, he's my buddy. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He seems like he's a character. Oh, I, I don't understand him. Yeah. But he's he's the gypsy king. Nine, six foot nine, a boxer, moving, slipping. What the yeah. hell? I can't believe he beat the he beat the hell out of that guy. Wilder. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody thought Wilder was gonna knock him out because he dropped him the last right. time. But God, what'd you think about that when Wilder? Did you see him blame his that? Funky outfit. He came out and said he was tired because it weighed well, listen, fifty pounds. When you pounds. get your ass kicked and you're talking a lot of crap and you knocked out a lot of guys, you look for so many excuses and yeah. stuff. I mean, I, I'd almost be embarrassed though to say that because I mean, you're the one who put the outfit on. You chose it, and then you're tired right? because of it. I don't know. It's weird. No, we do in life. All of us. We all take ourselves a little too serious. Way too serious. Yeah. yeah. Too often, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you try to not take it serious? What do you do to relax? Um, I, um, that's the whole thing. I go home and you don't relax. Mm-hmm. You know, your wife is on top of everything. Hey, this and that, this is there. Hey, Mike, can you please watch the ashes? Please take the ashtray here. Hey, can Mike, the room looks like a mess. Can you please come out the room where I have the lady clean the room? So I just got to always be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Mike, no better, no better what you are, what you have been, or what you will continue to be, you know, that's all part of being... You or, or me, or, or, and, and you know that's the responsibilities of of, of a life, I guess. And you know, uh, you know, you ask about ego. I mean, there's times, you know, when I walked in after a match, and you know, I, I played well and everything, and, and 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 all of a sudden, you know, I thought I was it, you, you know. And mm-hmm. and you know, my wife is uh, Brett's mother, Patty. Oh, you always got some. Our wives always put us in check. Oh, it, in, it's in, almost in, like they don't like they're jealous. In a minute. They're jealous. I was yeah. saying, myself, she's jealous. I think. You know, you ain't shit. <laughs> right. My wife was jealous. Say, you know, let, let me explain. Let me explain this to you. You were good out there, but you ain't nothing here. No, you, you know, get, get down they, to work. Garbage, yeah. Right. Yeah, you ain't they shit here. Tell motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, but that's you know that that's that's what uh, you know for me kept kept me pretty grounded and kept me in check. Yeah, I have to say that too. My my wife keeps me in my place. Sometimes it's hard to take, but it's uh, you know, but it's well worth it. Do you ever, uh, do you still spar, box, or do you ever no, go in the gym? Start, though. I, I want to start doing that. I just want to get in good shape. I, I think I saw you like six months ago somewhere that you were hitting a bag. It looked yeah. like, dude, I wouldn't. I want to hit it for a consistent amount of time. That was for a second or two. I want to hit it for a few minutes. Of get back into 30 it. 30 minutes hit it consistently, yeah. 
she has something a lot of us don't have, and that's time. She has a lot of time to yeah. cultivate her skills and become a lot better. And that's what she has on her side that most of the players don't, and that's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting now because we, with this coronavirus, you know, they canceled the B&B Paribas Open. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that so affects how the rest of the year. going to happen? Are we going to become imprisoned in our own country? We're not going to go nowhere. We're just going to stay in the house. Well, yeah. You know, it seems, it seems like that's the way, you know, the world is going at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll it's. go back to primitive time. We have to go back in caves. Huh? Yeah. Well, they convinced us to, to come out and do everything, and now, now we got to go back. Is that, is that what they're saying? I mean, it's pretty scary now that they're canceling the events, and, yeah, you know, who knows where it's going to end up. But. And then we're all scared to die, and then we die. We say, God, I would have done this earlier if I knew I was coming here, huh? Right. Yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> 12 years old, dude. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, you, you say that, and, and it, it's funny. I'm, I'm almost, uh, well, I'm 68, and, and uh, you know, I'm not ready to, you know, start thinking that way. But, but I, I look around and, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I never expected, you know, to ever have accomplished what I did, you know, coming from where I came from. And, and uh, you know, I've got I've had a, a, a great career and, and something that I love to do. I have a beautiful family, you know, and, and, and so, you know, the, the appreciation, you know, that, uh, that, that I have for this life. You know, right here and, and living this life is and and the change that I've made since my tennis is is gone beyond, and 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 I say that because you know what, whatever is beyond, you know I, I I would like to see, but just not yet. Oh, I understand. <laughs> it, it understands that too. Right. It understands that it's not your time too, because if it was, you would be gone. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I talk to people when I have my podcast. And they talk about my success and what I'm doing. And they trust me, this is not because I'm running, I'm riding my own ship. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this stuff on my own. You know, there's something helping me. I'm not saying it's God, it's some universe. But I know I'm not smart enough to do what I'm accomplishing now. Mm-hmm. So it has to be help from somewhere else. Yeah. I was never this control of self-control, self-discipline. I always had to, every time something was going good, I had to mess it up. I've never been, had so much self-respect as I do now. As you do now, yeah, that's really cool. And and the respect of others. Oh no, that, that's sure. why you. That's how you receive it by right. respecting them. That's what make you worthy of getting giving getting respected by giving it. Yeah, I did a lot of research the last couple of weeks before this, and just learning a lot about you. You're one of the more interesting dudes I think that's out there, and it's just that's interesting. People think that about me. I don't think that I'm interesting. Yeah, I think that we all. Um, we're all just passing through. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, and our, our life prepares us for our death. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the universe created us to suffer. I think we only suffer because we choose to suffer. But for us to suffer because of the universe causes, no, it doesn't want the world to suffer. Yeah. But, but, but Mike, you, you've got to know, uh, you know, what, what Brett said, you know, your, your interest in how you've affected the lives of so many people. You know that that love to watch you box. That you know that you know uh, feel you know what what you go what you've gone through and in, in your life now and and you know what you're into now past the boxing. You know that that you know people love that story. Yeah, and and you know when I say you you've affected the lives of you know when you know Brett would call me and say Jesus Dad do you do you know Mike did this or do you know this happened or or that happened and 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 but that's that too. You know the people who admire you, uh, and and I'm not kissing your ass. You know, uh, 
I don't have to, and you don't have to, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're sitting here talking, you know, as, yeah. as friends, you know, but, but the way that's affected so many people, I mean, you got to feel, you know, in your heart, you know, how that makes you so proud. I'm just, um, listen, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm so grateful. And that's what I appreciate. I appreciate my, um, my gratitude. I, I've learned gratitude during my, um, I don't know, during my term in this planet. So if I learned gratitude, I learned the power of gratitude. And um, that was one of my biggest, my biggest experiences of my life, learning gratitude. I always knew the word, but never knew the actual deed or the act of it. Hmm. Well, I think, it's, I think a lot of people would expect you to be this one way. You know, like uh, the boxer, the guy who went to prison, the guy, you know, who blew the money, whatever you want to say. But then when they look into you, read or listen to your podcast, so much more than that. You know, you've grown so much more than the guy that they would have predicted you to be. We're all more than what we actually are. We all are. It's just how does we want to see those layers of ourselves? And all about seeing those layers of ourselves, we have to endure pain. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's it right there. Find out who you truly are. That that's a daily lesson, though. Absolutely. Yeah, getting through that comfortable. Comfortable being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable. And that's it's just, it just right testing. There. And you you go you live it every day of your life, but you don't always pass. But you always have the next day to try, the next moment to try. After you fail, you could try to succeed again. You get another shot the next Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good Absolutely. lesson for everyone. I yeah. think. Um, Not enough time to give up. It's true. Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about after boxing. Now you've become an entrepreneur. Yes, yes. Talk to us about Tyson Ranch. Tyson Ranch is the one of its own kind, state-of-the-art um, cannabis resort. And in that resort, we're going to, um, as a matter of fact, it's here. It's just down the road. It's down the right? road, as a matter of fact. And um, it's going to have a university. It's going to have a... Um, the longest lady river is going to have a chateau. It's, Whoa. Gonna, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to even articulate what it's going to be, but it's, no one's going to ever seen it. It's going to be like um, Woodstock in the 23rd century. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you got room for a couple guys? <laughs> oh, do I have room, man? We have almost, I think we have, we have, we have purchased, I think, a thousand acres, and I think we have 500 acres on one. Well, listen, I think I'm talking too much, but anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of room, okay? You, you, you grow your own. You're talking to us, you know. Okay. It's, it's, we'll, we'll keep yeah. it quiet. Yeah. So listen, so I, I became friends with this gentleman, Rob Hickman, who I'm sure you know, and ever since I met Rob Hickman, he's introduced me to so many different exponents in life that helped me become a better human being, a better father, a better husband, and I was just wanted to drop that down on the line that Rob is such an awesome guy. And awesome. now that this is improvement in my life is because of Rob and my wife. Yeah. We've known Rob for 15 years. Yeah. yeah. He's a good yeah. dude. Yeah. We go way back. Um, and then tell us, you flew in today or last night from, from your one-man show, yeah, your we, stage show? Yeah, we did three shows. We were in um, Atlantic City. We were in Ohio. And we were in upstate New York, and it was just really amazing. All my old friends came out there when I was 12 and 13. That's and cool. We just saw a lot of friends, and it was, and it was always sold out. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And how did that come about? Because that seems like something, I mean, not many people do one-man shows anymore. Me and my wife went to a jazz commentary, A Bronx Tale, and he did it on stage. It was a movie, and he did it on stage. And the premise of the, the, premise of the movie is this young Italian kid had feelings for this black girl during a racist moment in time in New York City. 
And when he did the show, man, it was just so amazing and, and mesmerizing. I told my wife, baby, I think I could do that because when I'm in Europe and I'm doing a Q&A, I could do like Mr. Parmentary and do it from a theatrical perspective. And I said, let's try it. She wrote some stuff. I told her stuff about my life. She wrote it down. We went on stage and it became a hit. We went to Broadway for three weeks. Then from Broadway, we went to a nation, nationwide tour. Then from that, we went to an international tour. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Uh, obviously, I mean, you're yeah. still going. Is yes. it, uh, once, I, once I get started, like once I do it for a week, then I'm ready and I could do it every day, all day. Yeah. Is that is it a good replacement uh, from the boxing? Do you get the same, the same feeling, yeah. the same energy? Yes. Yeah. And people come backstage, or other celebrities are there, and they come backstage wherever I'm at in whatever city, all the guys that I know and worked with, they all come and visit me and see me. That's really cool. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Awesome. Yeah. Count us in for your next show. Yeah, are you right. going to be out, uh, out on the West Coast anytime soon? I believe we're going to the East Coast. Oh, you're going East to the East Coast? Yes. No, yeah, that's just a... That's all right. Just yeah. a quick flight. Just a Miami, quick flight away. Yeah. Miami, New York area again. Yeah. Nice. Champ? And then one more thing. Yes. You have a face tattoo, one of yeah. the most famous face tattoos in the history of tattoos. You're now the godfather of those. You can't turn on TV without seeing a rapper, you know, models, actresses, whatever, who have face tattoos. Can you talk a little bit about, like, being the first to do that? You took a lot of shit for it, and then now it's almost like no one even mentions it if someone has one. I one of my, my egos. Conjuring stories. I must have one. I must have thought I was some badass or something. Cause I went through that movement. I thought I was a real badass, like a teller the harm, one of those guys getting his car. I thought I was one of those kind of guys. Yeah, if you were a badass, the reincarnation yeah. of teller the harm. Yeah, I'm just not my ego, and I think yeah, and, and this and this fit in some way out of that, you know. Yeah. But do you shake your head a little bit, or do you do you think it's cool that like it's gotten no. more popular? No. Listen. Um, one day I was at a fight and there was this um, Latin brother and he was um, he had a tattoo on his face and I was looking at him and went up and not consciously thinking I had one too but I was like whoa this guy's kind of crazy looking and I wasn't constantly I was like fuck I got one on my face <laughs> but that's the I, that's uh, no before I think everybody had them. They had the idea that I had. Wow, this guy, the tattoo is not cool. I better get away from him, you know? But I think it's just, when people see my tattoo on their face, they just, my, my brother have a tattoo on their face. Yeah. It's just everyone has it's more, yeah, yeah, culturally acceptable now. I just thought that. only bikers and stuff had this stuff. You know, now guys that think this is the low lives. Mm -hmm. Now everybody have a million yeah, artists. Business. Everybody have right. artists. Yeah, so I think they should give you like residuals because you had to eat the shit. <laughs> so now he changed the time. Yeah, just doing all this stuff. Everybody's just not afraid to be who they are. Yeah, well, you're you're a trendsetter and you're ahead of the game, and uh, this has been awesome. I really appreciate hey, you man, coming awesome. on. awesome. This is so awesome. In order for you to do this with your father, you have to go through a lot of stuff for this for the for in order for this to be working good, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is you coming on here. This has been this has really been awesome. Appreciate that, Champ. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So so much. Thank you, really. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.